You can actually look at this house, and for whatever reason, it has a bunch of windows that face the street that are all boarded up or shuttered, except for one. And it's mm. said that if you, you know, at night, in the middle of the night, when, of course, only you are looking, he will appear in his chair looking out the window. Welcome to What the If, the exciting show where we ask the biggest question in the universe. Or sometimes it's the smallest, too. That's right. Yeah. Either way, we're extreme. <laughs> yes. This is the most extreme podcast you've listened to in the last 28 seconds. I'm Philip Shane, documentary filmmaker, consumer, lover, fan of science. And with me is the esteemed professor from New York's New York University, mm -hmm. Matthew Stanley. There's also a, a Chicago's New York University, but it doesn't get talked about very much. That's true. And isn't there one like in Shanghai and Italy? Uh, Shanghai, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. So it's a little weird that you have to say New York, New York University. But yeah, there you go. Right. Well, that's, it was essential. I wanted to clarify yeah. you're not mm -hmm. coming from Abu Dhabi today. And you, how would you describe yourself, sir? Oh, I'm a historian of science. I uh, find out how science works and uh, tell stories about it. Yeah. And how far back do you go? In the, the terms of the field, people would say I'm a modernist, meaning I do 19th and 20th century uh, science, but I teach all the way back to the dawn of time. Whoa. Would that go to like cavemen, uh, like Stonehenge kind of thing? Yeah. Archaeoastronomy would be the technical term for that. Cool. Yeah. Sort of pretty much as soon as humans start writing stuff down and making things. Yeah. I love when I was at University of Maryland. And studying astronomy, my professor, his name was like John Carlson, Johnny Carlson. It was very close to Johnny Carson. <laughs> and uh, professor, if you're out there, give a shout out. He was, I believe, a one-man department of ancient astronomy. But today, today we're going to go even older. Well, uh, maybe. <laughs> I don't know what we call it. Certainly into... The deep, dark imagination of ancient man, something that I believe this phenomenon must have come from. Halloween is coming up in the United States. If you're in other countries, what's your holiday? Do you have a holiday like Halloween where we celebrate goblins, demons, skeletons? Mm -hmm. All sorts of mischievous undead. Yes, yes. And among them, one of the more popular costumes to dress up as for Halloween because it is the cheapest, easiest, <laughs> laziest costume. It's pretty fast. That a child or parent could come up with is a ghost. A sheet thrown over your head. If your parent is really thinking ahead, they'll cut eye, uh, holes for your eyes. Yep. Otherwise, they'll just Not shove you out on the street to <laughs> wander. Yeah. Follow the smell of the Snickers. 
I don't think I ever dressed up as a ghost. I believe my sister did before she was old enough to have a say in the matter. No, that sounds right. I was Superman many years. One of the weirdest ones I went as, I was dressed up as an IRS man. Whoa. I don't know what was... (laughs) To be scary? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, The parents seemed to love it. They, (laughs) They found it scary, yes. But ghosts, ghosts. Were you afraid of ghosts when you were a kid? I was probably afraid of creepy things in the dark. I'm not sure of ghosts specifically. Right. Could have been anything. Monsters, Mm -hmm. Inc. Right. (laughs) That would have been so bad. Big fuzzy things. Yeah. What were your favorite Halloween costumes? I had a number of Star Trek and Star Wars related ones, as I recall. Fantastic. Yeah. Good choices. Yes. And often obscure characters from whatever like fantasy novel I was reading that year. So no one would have any clue who I was. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I confess in the early days of Harry Potter, I was still oblivious to it. I had no idea about Harry Potter. And um, one Halloween we had kid after kid after kid kept showing up in John Lennon glasses, but wearing a wizard (laughs) hat or something. I was like, what is going on? Until finally one of the parents explained it to me. It's Harry Potter, which I've since read. And I love, I love all the Harry Potter. So good. There are indeed ghosts in Harry Potter, right? Yes. Right? They live in the the castle. Absolutely. Right. Duh. Of course. In fact, they're a little bit like the ghosts in Disney's Haunted Mansion, where they're kind of silly and you can talk to them. But they're a little. The fun thing about those ghosts is they're not malevolent. Yeah. They're, They're sort of bumbling goofy things, mm-hmm. which is fun. What the if ghosts were real, one of the problems we run into is that there are different kinds of ghosts, right? There's malevolent ones and there's nice ones. And right. they, there's no unified theory of ghosts, right? <laughs> sometimes you can see them, sometimes you can't. So we may have to, to choose some characteristics for our ghosts to have, right? Yeah. In fact, I am... Um, once had to take a uh, like a teacher training seminar mm-hmm. for teaching uh, at the New York Film Academy, which I'm happy to do and love doing. And there were people there from all over New York City. It was an amazing diversity of people who were teaching all kinds of things, from dog grooming to nursing <laughs> to all kinds of things. And then we had to do a presentation uh, and, and to teach something to the class. You chose something that you knew a lot about. It was sort of a hobby of yours. And one young woman in the class did a presentation, and she was 100% serious. She and her group of explorers would leave like a recording device, you know, in a room and listen to it later and believed that they heard. Ah, yeah. So these were audible-only ghosts. Mm-hmm. You didn't see them. They uh, made noises. So, so sometimes ghosts like to close doors. Or make footsteps. Yep, footsteps, right. Usually it's something, you know, there's a, a rap where someone, no one should be, or there's you hear the footsteps when there's no one around, right? A rapping uh, ghost? Rapping. Uh, yeah, that's actually sort of a technical term, is a table rapping from back. So, you know, nineteenth late 19th century is the great age of the seance. Right, okay. Right, yeah. where you'd, it was, it was a respectable upper middle class hobby to invite friends over and summon a ghost and talk to that ghost for a while. Right. Now, my mother is going to feature prominently in this episode, fair warning, 
to all members <laughs> of my family, but especially my mother, who very much, uh, probably I'm sure still does, believed in ghosts when I was growing up. And I remember, I guess back in the 70s, early 70s, the Ouija board, mm-hmm. Ouija seems to be spelled, but uh, still still around, I imagine it's still popular, but uh, was super popular. And there was one night where my sister and I had gone to bed, probably at 5.30 or whatever you do when you're little. And my mother and like all these other women were over. They were having like ladies night and they started playing the Ouija board and smoking cigarettes. It was the craziest thing that ever happened. Sounds like the 70s, yeah. Apparently, according to my mother, they got completely freaked out when they made Mm -hmm. contact. Yeah. With something. So similar to a seance, but I guess moved into... Yeah, so usually with a a classic seance, you need a medium, which is a person, who is usually a woman at the time, um, who had some special connection to the spirit realm, and the conversation would go through them. So the Ouija board is sort of a replacement. If you don't have a medium around, um, you can use the board instead. So the communication was often not verbal, but rather, as you said, through through mysterious sounds or things happening. So typically, you'd you'd sit at the table, and everyone would hold hands. Yes, and this was an important part. And then you would get noises of sort of bangs on the table, and that was called table rapping. And that was the spirit communicating with you through that that rapping sound. And and you knew it wasn't fake because everybody was holding hands, so there was no way anybody could be rapping on the table. Now, I must confess that I, mm. I can't get out of my mind the image of like Run DMC as ghosts rapping. Well, that will happen at some point, right? I mean, it's true. Eventually they will. They die. will return. Maybe yeah. they're already here. And clearly, this is something that goes all the way back to ancient humans, maybe even pre humans. I don't know. But for instance, I love to go visit petroglyphs. I love to go mm-hmm. rock art, as you might yeah. say. And I remember in California, there was a lot of that. And you could travel all the way out to go out towards Death Valley and find these, uh, especially up near Bishop, California, rock art. And and often what's depicted there are, you could call it aliens if you want, but at the very least, there are spirits. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I think they would access, the, the natives or whoever carved those, it's believed, would access those through, probably through drugs of some kind or, you know, mystical herbs, things like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, or there's dreams. all sorts of, yeah, I'm trying. This, yeah, so this, the, I think it, you're right that this does seem kind of universal, that uh, all around the world, human societies develop some sense that there are things like humans but not quite the same that we can interact with in some way and ghosts sort of implies that they were once human like us as opposed to say spirits or demons which might be just a qualitatively different kind of thing true okay now yeah yeah. so to clarify uh, again for those of you who are new what the if what, what we try to do is take an idea a question, an imaginary thing, and that's generally not scientific, or at least not within known science. But we try to limit that to one, as narrow as possible, one thing, and then explore 
going forward. Okay, well, if that existed, using all of already known science, at least as mm -hmm. much as we know, what does that mean? How would that, how would, yeah. how would, how could we accommodate this within known science? What do we get with that? Yeah, and from this we learn real science, which is the important thing, right. and to have fun doing it. So, ghosts, <laughs> here's science for Halloween. What if there were ghosts? Yes, and let's specify, uh, let's leave demons, which would include movies like The Exorcist and Poltergeist. Mm, Poltergeist but, might be a... But Poltergeist includes yeah. a little bit of... Yeah. But in general, let, let's make it really simple. Okay. okay. It's the, the thing where it's people from the past. Mm -hmm. Still present. They're still around in some sense. Yeah. yeah, interestingly, I was just visiting Washington, D.C., where I grew up, and went to see the White House, as one does. And a block from the White House is, again, as I mentioned, my mother was totally into ghosts, and so we had these books and books about ghosts, which I didn't believe in them at all, and yet they completely terrified. Just literally seeing, I, in fact, envisioning the book cover now <laughs> makes me scared. And uh, Washington, D.C., as many places are, Totally haunted, it is sure. believed. And there's a house called the Decatur House, one block from the White House, where, for instance, it was alleged that um, Colonel Decatur or whoever it was is, uh, whose ghost reappears there, you can actually look at this house, and for whatever reason, it has a bunch of windows that face the street that are all boarded up or shuttered, except for one. And it's mm -hmm. said that if you, you know, at night, in the middle of the night, when, of course... Only you are looking. He will appear in his chair looking out the window. Okay. All right. So that, I think, brings up some important aspects of what we expect from ghosts. So yes. we expect some consistency, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, a, typically a place that's haunted. So they appear more or less in the same location. Yes. Sometimes there's a chronological regularity every night or at three in the morning or something yep. like that. But... It's not too regular, right? It's right. not guaranteed, right? If you go there at three in the morning and you don't see anything, no one's going to then be persuaded there isn't a ghost, right? Because they're like, well, it's a ghost. Right. right, right. It's not repeatable like scientifically repeatable. Right. And I think to uh, one of the explanations for that would simply be that these used to be people mm -hmm. and people are somewhat regular. But not completely. Right. Especially right. those who have died. Yeah. People f sometimes follow a schedule, but sometimes they don't. That's right. And no one's shocked by that, right? Nobody's, if, if somebody doesn't show up exactly on time, you wouldn't say, oh my God, <laughs> well, that's it for people following schedules. So in that sense, ghosts um, have that, that leeway built in because they're people. Or, um, or likewise, hard. if somebody, you know, if your date is late meeting you, you don't automatically say, well, they must be from another dimension. Yes. <laughs> so that's, so I think that's an important detail that human, just regular human weirdness makes ghosts hard to study the same way that people are hard to study. Right. R RHW, regular human weirdness. <laughs> as, it's, as it's known. Yeah. yeah. And then other important details. You can see the ghost, right? Right. Let's go with the, let's say these are the ones where, in fact, you can see 
so there, here's a funny there's a funny thing here. Do, is it the kind we can see, or is it the kind that show up on photographs but people don't actually see? But let's uh, say okay. see. Is what's mm -hmm. interesting is I believe that in the age of photography, mm -hmm. whatever modern times, I feel like we don't hear stories of someone actually seeing ghosts anymore. Right, it's more like they showed up on a photograph. That's one. The image. Oh, that could be. And I should say that was true actually in the early days of photography as well. Mm -hmm. So people were taking pictures of ghosts pretty much as soon as they were taking pictures of humans. Interesting. Spirit photography is something that takes off essentially instantly. So either we can see them or they appear on photographs. So that's something we can we can chew on when you see something. There are physiological things happening that we understand at least fairly well. So the basic mechanism for seeing is a photon, a little packet of light, enters your pupil and whacks your retina, mm -hmm. which then releases a chemical that goes back along the optic nerve to your brain. And then your visual cortex takes that chemical and reconstructs it as representing the outside in some way, right? Yeah. Okay. So, and you can spoof this system, right? Sometimes you see things that aren't there, right? Optical illusions and such. Oh, interesting. Right. right? Like when you're but, in total darkness, mm -hmm. you could, you still can see flashes. You still can see some things. stuff, right? So yeah. some of that is blood moving through your retina mm. and accidentally triggering those same chemical reactions. Mm. Uh, so you can see that kind of pulsing sometimes. Sometimes, actually, there's cosmic rays zooming through your head and Ooh. whacking your retina and forcing that release of that same chemical. Cool. Um, so there are other things that, that release that. Right. So the question is, if you're seeing a ghost, which of those processes is happening? Is is the ghost emitting photons that your eye then detects, or is it triggering right. your nervous system in some way? This is interesting because ghosts in general, I'm going to go with the more stereotypical kind, don't seem to be reflecting light. They seem to be emitting it. Emitting it, yep. Yeah. Right. Especially if but you're seeing them at night in the dark. Right, yeah. yeah. And there are lots of other things that emit lights too, right? Light bulbs, LEDs. Right. Fire. And those are, and again, the process of releasing light is something we understand really well. Amongst other things, the release of light, the emission of light is governed by the conservation of energy, right? It takes energy to emit light. Okay. Yes. So yes. if our ghosts are emitting light, that suggests that they obey the laws of thermodynamics. <laughs> At least they obey something. Yeah. What's powering their luminescence yep. that's right what's powering that ghost because if if they are emitting light that hits our retina that there needs to be some source of energy for that light <laughs> this uh, is the most basic question i never thought about <laughs> what is it an energizer is it a lithium battery what the? that's right i mean maybe they spend the day recharging right there's uh, uh there are little ghost batteries and they're hooked up to little ghost solar cells somewhere um, and that's why we only see them at night because they have to charge up during the day. Right. So it's glow, like those glow in the dark t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It could be like that. Or maybe they eat, right? Food is a good source of energy. Mm. So they're off having their Twinkies and the Twinkies provide exactly the amount of energy they need to release 
bad light. Right. Now, Twinkies do, by the way. <laughs> I, I would believe that, that if eating Twinkies made you glow in the dark, I, I could imagine that. But I think one thing we can say is, again, with ghosts, they don't seem to eat because everything goes right through them. Ah, and in fact, with right, the funny so. ghosts, that's often a joke. Right. All right. That's right. And this is, um, so this is another tricky problem. So somehow they can emit light, but not interact in a tactile way with things. Right. They're like holograms. Okay. And this is a little problematic because when you touch something, it is electrical and magnetic forces between the atoms in your hand and the atoms in the table that create the sensation of hardness, right? Your hand doesn't go through because of electrical fields. Right. Okay. That's always an right. interesting thing to remember. It's so, not because there's some, some things, what we think of as solid mm -hmm. is actually just an incredibly strong um, a magnetic, what is it, electromagnetic it's field electromagnetic, in our hands. Right. All right, but here's yeah. the difficulty. Yeah. Another word for electromagnetic wave is light. Ooh. That is, the same forces that keep your hand from going through the table are the ones that make light appear and move and get absorbed. Whoa. So if you're, emitting, if you're emitting light, that means you interact with electromagnetic forces. Ah. So it's going to be very hard to emit light, but not be solid in some sense. Right. So here, let's say, I, I imagine somebody could say, well, I, I get everything you're saying. And mm -hmm. I think, though, that ghosts, because they, you could even say they look like projections, that what we're seeing is as if... And, and, and when they talked about the spirit world, for instance, it's not like another place you have to go to. It, it's, it's intermingled with our world, mm -hmm. another right. dimension within yeah. our world. So is, it, is that a possible? Maybe light is shining on them in this other dimension, and we are only seeing what interacts with ours. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, a sure. green, they're in front of a green screen right. <laughs> in their world. <laughs> yeah, but that still takes energy, right? If, we're, if mm. we're seeing anything spilling over, then that's energy we have to account for in some way. And it might be that that's a, a tiny amount, so we can, we can figure out some extra force that, that powers it or something. Right. But a lot of people have died over the course of human history. Yes, Right. More than exist. Today. Yeah, that's interesting. More people have died than live now. Mm. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So that might suggest that the world should be totally full of ghosts. Right. Right. Why mm -hmm. these? So, right. so they're particularly tortured. Something usually very dramatic happened to them. So mm -hmm. therefore, there's something. And, and again, I think another thing they would say is there's a need Right. But part of the thing about ghosts is that they're stuck. They they won't leave. That's yes. the thing. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a will. There's a there's a um, some sort of free choice going on, which means they have they have a brain. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're free choice, right? Because trapped often suggests that they can't leave, True. even though they would like to. Right. Yeah. Right. Although often mm -hmm. it's like they won't leave because. 
they're trying to yeah why is that they know yeah so sometimes yeah. it's by choice and sometimes it's by uh spiritual mm-hmm. imprisonment yeah so the, the the dramatic situation i think usually has some kind of emotional significance or right. content to it right the That's ghost right. is angry the ghost is sad or something like that That's right. so that suggests that emotional states have some physical presence as well or can affect the physical world right Right. Right. So, and so that, so let's see here. So you get enough sadness in one place that traps a dead person who then emits light. Were, were I a inventor, I might try to invent an emotion meter Mm -hmm. based on light emission. The more light you emit, the more emotional you are. Well, the, the ghosts emit some peculiar kind of light, but it is light because we can see it and we right. can catch it on photographs and such. Right. Um, so in the same way that, you know, we can look at the spectrum of a distant star and know what it's made of, I'll bet we could look at the spectrum of a ghost. Right. And maybe measure its emotional state. That's true. That's true. Although it seems that the ghosts... Yeah, I, I was going to say the ghosts can talk to you, but actually that's more just in the silly version. Mostly they're just at the fringe yeah, of vision. They just hang out, yeah. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, shout out to one of our much earlier episodes about aliens and UFOs and the question being, why do they always elude, in, seem to intentionally elude being mm-hmm. identified similar to ghosts? So ghosts are doing a similar kind of thing. It's important that they not be seen, which also implies that basically we aren't supposed to be seeing this. So that implies this Uh, is a flaw kind of in the, is it a flaw in the workings of the universe? I don't know, but which doesn't make sense at all because (laughs) why should there be a flaw? Well, I mean, it would certainly, it would have to be, the, the fact that we're not surrounded by ghosts all the time suggests that the transformation of a person into a ghost is an unusual or unlikely thing. Right. 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 But unlikely and unusual things do happen, right? I mean, it's unlikely that it's unusual for electrical charges to all gather in one place strongly enough to get a bolt of lightning. Right. But it does happen. Right? So this, this could be some quantum mechanical phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and as you but as you pointed out, the the pattern is usually this emotional one. So yeah. I said this may be our window into emotional quantum mechanics. It's true, and I I hate to say it, but you know, I hear and I'm sure you do too. The I'll just say the new age or uh, people believing in the paranormal have picked up the language of quantum mechanics mm-hmm. and use it. Yeah. In all kinds of ways. So they would say, yeah, that totally makes sense. They would point to the observer phenomenon, mm-hmm. you know, and say, oh, see, quantum mechanics is this weird thing where if you don't look at it, this happens. If you look at it, that happens. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and even Einstein used those terms, right? He objected to quantum mechanics on the grounds that it was spooky. Ah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Or li- literally ghostly, or says geistly, which we sort of translate as spooky. Yeah. Ah, that's interesting. So the ghosts, here, here's the bigger, let's just jump, I'm going to hit fast forward or, Go for or uh, zoom out. And really the big question here is, what spirit realm? Mm-hmm. Like, 
what is that about? So whatever the me- the mechanism is for you know allowing us to to see evidence of the spirit realm, just the fact that it exists is very strange. Oh yeah, no question. Okay. Um, and realm implies all sorts of things. It implies governance. It implies a oh, society. Interesting. Right? A space where ghosts can interact with each other, right? We're obsessed with how ghosts interact with us or don't interact with us. Right. But do is there a whole ghost society out there? I mean, we've established that they have emotions and they obey some laws of nature. They seem to have desires. Right? Is there a ghost economy? Right. Well, it's vampires, not ghosts, but True Blood. Have you ever seen the show True Blood? It's very yeah, right. good. It built a whole you know, administrative society also of vampires and also... Um, uh, Harry Potter as well has a, has a whole basically um, a world of wizards, right? That live yeah. in a realm in, that occupies the same place as us Muggles, and they have a whole. Thing. It's interesting. I never thought about that spirit realm included thing, and, and there does seem to be like in the sense that the ghosts are trapped or not allowed to go forward. There seems to be some mm-hmm. sort of. Yeah, um, law, law enforcement, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah. very poor um, court of appeals system, or very very <laughs> slow. <laughs> I mean, and Colonel again, Decatur I, is still I sitting heard. in his chair. <laughs> and again, so maybe again, this um, the the economy or the rules at least again seem to be emotion based in the sense that they can't leave because they're upset about something that happened there. Yeah. Now, right. here's here's a real question, and th- this is this is um, somewhat more scientific or a, a real what the if I have. Is it possible for there to be right now a whole nother world, for lack of a better term? Um, I'm guessing it would have to be another dimension. But is it possible for, for, for there actually to be overlapping existence? Yeah, and actually that's one of the, the predictions of string theory is that there's really? large numbers of dimensions that overlap with ours, um, but they're arranged in such a way that they're hard to see. So it's totally possible right, that there are these, and I should say, and a lot of the... Um, Interdimensional interactions would create weird things like phenomena appearing suddenly and disappearing suddenly. Right. So you could you could work out some trans-dimensional arrangement that's compatible with what we know about, say, general relativity. But could there uh, be two? Might allow for this. Yeah. yeah. Could there be two three-dimensional worlds overlapping each other? Because that's kind of no, what it seems like, like with the ghosts that they're. No, this is usually the, and again, this is actually kind of a late 19th century thing. This is the idea that there is a fourth dimension out there. So something of a higher dimensionality than ours would right. be able to do the appearing and disappearing trick. And this tries to get invoked by very serious science types. You know, in Britain, in the 1880s, 1890s, there was Society for Psychic Research that tried to design experiments on exactly these sorts of things. Right? Can we actually figure out where right. the ghosts are coming and going from? Yeah. Right, exactly. And could, you know, if, if let's say you do identify that, then as we see in some science fiction stories, including uh, Stranger Things, I would think, the TV mm-hmm. show, once you find it, oh, and Poltergeist too, right? 
you could then go into it. Like we could go from here to there. Well, of just it would the be that we're already in it, actually. Oh. But we're not, we're not aware of it. We can't interact with those higher dimensional objects. Right. Okay. So here's a really big question. Mm -hmm. Befitting of the huge bag of candy you're going to get by <laughs> trick-or-treating. Is it so we know there here's the here's the weird thing is that in fact talking about 19th century and early 20th century is a time where things that were invisible were actually being discovered so yep, electromagnetic right. the x-ray yeah yeah x-rays mm -hmm. magnetism electricity all this sort of stuff. even gravity in a way you could say things that are invisible uh, we, we discover yes it's real Let's just say that. Yeah. And it right. even has a physical dimension that you, we can interact with and we can even manipulate sometimes. But those are very abstract things. They are actually almost literally forces, right? If you think about mm -hmm. what are the things sure. that we've discovered, they're either forces or they're very, very tiny, like bacteria, yeah, viruses, molecules. things like that. Yeah, yeah, molecules, all that sort of stuff. But we've yet to discover something which is invisible and yet when discovered is actually sort of like human scale or has some defined like an object we've not found objects that's kind of what we're talking about here well i don't know would an x-ray count i mean i can make an x-ray as big as you want oh really as sure. big yeah that's no problem big meaning um, as being meaning powerful or do you mean well, shape? Well, no, the physical size, right? I can make a six-foot-tall X-ray without any trouble. A six-foot-tall X-ray, what does that mean? If you go to the hospital, right? They'll make an X-ray that's six feet. That's exactly your size. Ah. Or, well, that's or, a stream of X-rays that go through yeah. you and, and hit something. Right. It's uh -huh. not like, like oh. a, basically, you know, like we're talking about humans, buildings, like everything about our world, our three-dimensional world, one thing that very clearly defines it is you know well-defined objects it seems like all the things that we find that are so-called invisible are things that permeate the entire universe yeah but they can be local too warped space-time isn't would be in a particular place right and right. not in other places but i think you're right that an invisible thing is probably going to stay invisible until we get you know dark matter toys or even more importantly, and here's this is this gets to the whole crux of the ghosts. We've not found life that is truly invisible, right? Like living creatures mm -hmm. that are completely yeah. Invisible. Every living thing we see interacts with light, right? Yeah, or any other forces too. That's right. All that we don't know of any any living things that are exempt from any of the major forces. Right. So ghosts are probably not made of dark matter, if dark matter even exists. Exactly, because we can see them. Right. right. They're not made of neutrinos. Although nope. they, it, it'd be, like, a, be yeah. a hell of a lot of neutrinos would, yeah. inexplicably interacting mm -hmm. all at once. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. So we're left with a huge problem, that there's this really scary thing out there that has still eludes science. 
Yeah, but it's got, I should say, we, I think we have uh, along the lines of the Society for Psychic Research, there's inroads if we want to investigate. They interact with light. They're right, right, physically right. localized, right? Those right. are things that can be studied. So I think one of the, the sort of meta questions that we have to answer before we do anything else is, are we excluding ghosts as a topic of scientific research before we even start? Interesting. Right? Or do, do would we, you say that like we just laid out quite a train of logic mm-hmm. that has so many problems in it, you could say, well, yeah, see, that's why it doesn't. Yeah, well, it's not obvious. I mean, th- this is a, a choice you have to make before you start your experiments. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you the kind of person who says science is about investigating the world and we don't decide what the world is going to be like ahead of time? We just look and see what we can find, in which case you should investigate this phenomena and see if you can find anything. Yeah. Or you can say, no, by definition, science excludes things like ghosts. So we're not even going to look. True. Right? Those are those are programmatic statements that you have to decide ahead of time. Yeah, and we should. Uh, here's the last last uh, pro tip for you out there, paranormal uh, or, or um, ghost hunters out there. The amazing Randy, James Randy, mm-hmm. still has a million dollars. That's right. <laughs> on the table for anyone who can prove with repeated scientific evidence that any paranormal phenomenon, but especially ghosts, for instance, mm-hmm. exists. Uh, if you're a medium who believes you can speak to ghosts, you know, why have you not called Randy? And sco- I, I totally, I mean, so, so at least there's a, now a million dollars in our current scientific, in our current world, maybe <laughs> isn't a lot. And maybe he needs to bump it up to like a billion. Well, maybe we should talk to him about that. Yeah. 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 I, well, I, I can say that I believe Penn and Teller, who are, uh, you know, he mentored and uh, are great skeptics and famous magicians who have some success in Las Vegas, for instance, and on Broadway, that I believe they've chipped in a little extra, too. Oh, is that right? Oh, good for them. You could probably, yeah, yeah. Hell, if you could, if you could, there's so much wealth here. I mean, really, if you can actually communicate, let alone travel to meet the dead mm-hmm. there's much to be gained there's much to be done yeah yeah so hop to it maybe on halloween here's a suggestion to the world of science maybe on halloween one day a year could be like paranormal day oh that's an interesting idea all the resources yeah. all the astronomers all the physicists all the mm-hmm. biologists everybody or is it, I mean, we could choose one thing. Okay, to, we're going to look the light thing. We're going to investigate that. That's 2018's quest. Okay. And, and so forth. So that's my proposal. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful and happy Halloween, wherever you are. Whether you have a Halloween or not, I hope that when October 31st passes around the globe, it's fun for you and you can celebrate things. Here, here's the thing as a science lover and believer and whatever it's still scary and inspiring to think that these weird things exist and it's fun to dress up as them (laughs) what the if will you be what are you going to dress up as write us feedback at whattheif.com 
We'd love to hear from you on any subject, any thoughts whatsoever, reactions to previous shows, reactions to this one, or tell us, do you believe in ghosts? Have you seen a ghost? Have you dressed up as a ghost? And if you have, what was your costume? You can also go to our website, whattheif.com, and listen to... Look, I got it right. I didn't say see all of our episodes. Like ghosts, you can only (laughs) hear them. You can hear our episodes. They're ephemeral and beautiful and fascinating. Whattheif.com, you can listen to them all. There's more than 60 of them there now. You can follow us on Twitter, at whattheifshow. Many of you already have. Join us at whattheifshow and share all kinds of fun fun things, uh, especially pictures and current news and science. Just fun ideas and commentary. Matt, thank you very much. Certainly. Do you make the kids costumes or do they... Is it a team effort now? It is a team effort now. Excellent. Excellent. Do you know what they'll be? What will you be? Uh, will you dress well, up? My, for those listeners who don't know, I have identical twin daughters and this year they've decided to go as uh, Angel and Devil. Okay, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> They're very excited about this. Mic drop. Boom. <laughs> well done. Touche. Subscribe if you haven't already. If you didn't get this show because you subscribed to it, you're just listening on the web or, or, or doing a one-time click on your favorite podcatcher, hit that subscribe button. If you don't know how to subscribe, also you can just go to our website, whattheif.com, and there's a button there. So you can click on whatever service you use. It's all there. It's super easy, whattheif.com. So we will see you. We'll be back with a brand new episode. And between then and now, every single day, we will wake up, greet the sun, say, thank God the ghosts have scurried, and shout, What What the the if, 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 if? Boo!